You're listening to The Main Course, where food is serious business. Listen along for insights, strategies, forecasts, and thought leadership from the front lines of food with your host, Barbara Castiglia. Welcome to The Main Course. Our guest today is Aaron Notion, who is the CEO and founder of Starbird, which is an interesting fast food chain that we'll get into. And he's also a leader in agency uh, for F&B called The Culinary Edge. So Aaron, welcome and just fill us in a little bit first on your background and restaurant industry experience. Sure. Uh, Good morning, Barbara. Good to be speaking with you today. Well, I've really been in the restaurant industry virtually my entire life. Um, When I was a a young kid, I was really passionate about cooking and kind of put a stake in the ground and said, I'd love to be a chef one day and really pursued uh, the culinary and restaurant industry my entire life since the age of, uh, you know, being a teenager. Um, When I was in college, I had my own catering company and I took some time off to become a fine dining chef. And then uh, by the time I was around 25, I had my first executive chef role at a hotel in in San Francisco and uh, got to write my own menus and create a brand and uh, get my chops um, in a highly competitive uh, space, which was the San Francisco dining scene. Um, I realized uh, pretty early on, though, as being a fine dining chef, that there's more to our industry and more to my my personal passions and and skills. Uh, I had gone to business school at Berkeley. Uh, more from a practical standpoint and thinking I'd want to own my own restaurant. And so I was fortunate enough to meet some really great guys back in the mid nineties and uh, was a partner and one of the original founders of a company called World Wraps. And uh, we grew that company pretty rapidly to almost 28 restaurants and uh, sold it in back in 2000, about 20 years ago. And, And ever since then, I've really taken a role of thinking about how to support our industry, solve problems in our industry, and also continue with an entrepreneurial spirit of creating businesses uh, that are part of our industry. Um, I started the Culinary Edge back in 2002, uh, really to change you know, food and beverages experiences, everything from brand positioning to culinary uh, menu strategy, and then the operational synthesis uh, of that to drive profitability and desirability and feasibility for restaurants, literally from startup all the way to, you know, Starbucks businesses that, that are in the top 10 size of uh, restaurant companies in the world. Uh, we've actually worked with seven of the top 10 restaurant companies in the country at the Culinary Edge and, and actually 25% of the top 200 during our 18 year tenure. Uh, and I feel incredibly grateful to have been able to work with so many amazing people and brands uh, over the years, uh, building IP and also supporting these companies to you know be their best selves uh, in the marketplace. Can you just give some examples of some of the companies you've worked with? Sure. As I mentioned, you know, if you can imagine seven of the top 10 uh, the restaurant companies, I mentioned uh, Starbucks, certainly. But, you know, we worked with brands like First Watch, which is one of the, the leading uh AM day part restaurant companies based out of Florida. We've been working with them for 10 years un- uninterrupted and really partnered them to evolve that brand uh, to be the powerhouse that, that it is today. Uh, they have a, such an amazing team there and, and uh, we really love collaborating with them to you know create the future of food and experience for their company. What 
kind of partnership do you look for? Well, I, I think that, you know, the best clients that we have and best partners we have are ones who are curious, who are open to change, um, who are transparent, uh, who have a bit of purpose. And, and purpose doesn't need to mean, you know, we have to save the world purpose, but have a clarity of, you know, their why. Um, and that have complex, uh, I don't want to call them problems to solve, but complex opportunities that uh, engaging with a team of strategists at the culinary edge and our chefs and uh, marketing team can really help to create a better future for their business and for food and beverage in general. You know, one of the phrases that I noticed on on the site was designing the future of your food. And, you know, why did you think that was important as uh, as a mission? Well, you know, there's a lot of companies out there that people go to to, let's say, save on costs, right? There's that that side of the brain that is 100% fact-based. And, you know, if you do, you pull this lever and that lever, you will save costs and you can save your way to profitability. Um, we like to think that it's not about saving your way to prosperity, but really how to build top line. Um, and that ultimately, as a restaurant company, you're feeding people. And so we want to ensure that the food and beverage that's happening in our clients' businesses is one that is really based around the need states of the consumers, uh, along with delivering on their brand promise. And so building that for the future is really about where the business is going, right? We, we want to skate to where the puck's going ultimately versus looking back. Uh, and sometimes there's a lot of unknowns in that. And our team feels excited and comfortable to pursue those own unknowns together in both a scientific and analytical approach combined with a creative and artistic approach. That's where we find the best cross-section of success in our industry. Are there any commonalities in um, maybe mistakes that you see brands making? Well, the big challenge today is there's so much fear, right? And driving uh, business via fear. And so I think that, um, sure, certain businesses have to hunker down and make sure that they don't run out of money. We've seen a, an incredible rise in bankruptcies uh, in our industry. And so I can see why there's a lot of fear. Um, but there are some risks that have to be taken and bold decisions that have to be taken um, within organizations to create a North Star. And so um, separating the fear and, and people should be cautious and they should be thoughtful in their defensive strategy, but make sure that they also have an offensive strategy uh, that they can get their team members and their um, customers to really rally around, uh, which is really about creating this brighter future, brighter future of food, brighter future for our industry, brighter future for people who want to gather and, and dine together. Uh, we, we've been through a lot. Uh, and. Um, you know, we like to take an optimistic and positive view at that and um, try and create some inspiration uh, for our clients. So flip to Starbird uh, for a minute. Um, so you were into, excited by the virtual brands even before the pandemic. Um, but, you know, now we're seeing the viability of them. Um so why were you so hot on them uh, before? What was it about about the possibilities that excited you? 
Sure, that that's a great great question, and I think before I jump into the virtual brand side, just to explain a little bit more about Starbird, and you know, Starbird was really birthed from uh, our agency and our idea that you know we have been creating food and beverage experiences for our clients for many years. Our team members uh, were really ready, and we as a company were ready to, I guess you might say, uh, walk the talk, right? And you know, can we go out and create? a brand and a restaurant company that is at the you know cutting edge bleeding edge culinary edge of um what's happening and so a little over five years ago we we came up with this idea to to create a, a restaurant company that was going to change the way in particular fast food was um, manifesting in america and a lot of that was under some simple tenets of food and ingredient quality uh, design and overarching experience for not only our guests but our staff members and and what it meant to empower them uh, to you know create positivity every day uh, it, you know amongst each other and their peers but also in our communities and so one of the things that we looked at was what does convenience mean in the future and one of the things we identified was that well, by drive-throughs are great for a few people who don't want to get out of their cars and make last-minute decisions. They weren't doing a great job at utilizing technology to improve that experience. So, what we're seeing today is brands finally, five years later, implementing things that take into consideration the technology. Where, say, like Chipotle has a Chipotle lane, and it can manage a transaction in ten seconds instead of the. Uh, let's say anywhere from two to 10 minutes, people have been queuing up and drive throughs in the past. So we had a, a similar hypothesis that that was coming, that that uh, integration of technology, order ahead, uh, frictionless digital experience for guests was really important. So fast forward to the relationship with virtual brands. Um, if people are looking at restaurants and interfacing with restaurants um, in a in a digital environment through what we call them as digital real estate, uh, the, the footprint and the brick and mortar building have less importance, right? Especially when the majority of transactions are happening off premise. So we had the idea that we wanted to create additional brands that highlighted uh, product categories that we had at Starbird enhance those categories in a very focused way uh, through things like wings, starboard wings or starboard bowls or starboard salads and our plant-based protein brand called Garden Bird. And this allows for us in the digital sphere to have many more points of contact for the consumer to learn about Starbird, reach Starbird, uh, be exposed to uh, the products and the brand that we have in the marketplace. So whereby if they go to a DoorDash or an Uber Eats and see one square on the screen that they may be able to buy from our company, now they've got upwards of five. So we've, we have a enhanced digital real estate in the third party space. And additionally, through um, unique websites that we've created for each of our brands that are searchable and, and SEO optimized to allow for us to have a greater presence in the digital ecosystem. And a really tasty looking fried chicken sandwich. 
Yeah, our fried chicken sandwich is just delicious. <laughs> it's a, uh, you know, we set out to create the best uh, crispy chicken, right? That was our goal, and and fortunately, we had uh, many many years of expertise at the culinary edge of creating great food products and, you know, numerous chefs. I mean, there's very few restaurant companies that are started that have 10 chefs working on the food in, in the company to open the doors. And we tried over a hundred recipes, uh, really building the perfect fried chicken. And that's both our, our chicken tenders and our chicken fillets that go into our sandwiches. And you're also doing really well on the salad side. Um, so what, um, what accounts for that? What are was that come out of um, of a of a guest centric view that that people wanted salads as well? Um, how did that kind of evolve into being such a, a high percentage of the total sales? Yeah, it's been a really interesting journey uh, for us. You know, when we when we launched Starbird, we identified four key categories that really addressed uh, different need states of the consumers, very much consumer design oriented in that we wanted both lunch and dinner day parts. Uh, we wanted a, a scale from healthy to indulgent, and we wanted price points that were entry level to, um, I wouldn't say splurge necessarily. We don't particularly have any splurge oriented things, um, but you know that, that are at a, a full premium price, certainly in the fast food arena. Now our salads, what, what we've learned is being an ingredient focused and ingredient forward company. And we're in California, things, sorry for the background noise, trying to shut that down. Um, being in California and the, the great amounts of produce that we have here, availability uh, and quality, and also ourselves wanting to eat healthfully, right? And vegetable forward, not just eating you know, a piece of fried chicken on a piece of bread, you know, it's about balanced food. So we have a lot of great ingredients. Our salads are big, bountiful, beautiful. Uh, you can get it with crispy chicken. You can get it with grilled chicken if you prefer not to have uh, fried food. And they've really just resonated with our consumers because they're not sacrificing on taste. If you eat a starboard salad, you're like, wow, that was an incredible meal. Um, the tons of vegetables, um, great tasting chicken, house-made dressings, you know, every single ingredient that goes in the salads are made from scratch in our restaurants. And so there's a, an extra attention that's happening at Starbird to build this category. What we're learning now over time is that people want to have that combination of health and satiety, right? And so Starbird is really answering that question at a price point that is really competitive with the higher end polished or, or uh, fine, fast, casual type of brands. And for a few dollars less, we're providing a salad that is a few tiers higher than the competition in that fast casual space. That's the higher end of fast casual. And clearly, as we've seen the growth of the category, uh, something's working. So um, how did the pandemic affect the brands and what and what you were doing before um, obviously you kind of goes along with kind of a comfort food trend that we were seeing. Um, but, um, you know, how did it change the plans that you had? Sure. So, so chicken is, is definitely proven to be the right category to be in the last few years. That was a, a, a space that we identified at the culinary edge as being a high growth territory. So first and foremost, we're in the right category. 
um, affordable, the protein that's eaten the most uh, of, of any protein uh, considered one of, if not the healthiest protein sort of, you know, kind of battles with fish and obviously plant-based proteins, but certainly more than red meats. And so we had already started to create a, a frictionless customer experience uh, that in many ways was contactless to begin with, right? With our app, we had a native app since day one. Uh, we have either uh, allowing consumers to order ahead through our app, order ahead through the web, order through third-party delivery. Uh, so we had a, a very strong built-in infrastructure to keep people safe, provide them with both comfort and healthful options, things that the whole family could could have. And then I think one of the, the biggest things that helped us during the pandemic was that we took a step back and we said, what's number one important to us? And we came up with three things to filter filter all of our decision making. Uh, number one is how does this impact our people, uh, this, their safety uh, and their livelihood? Secondly is how are we participating in our community? And are these actions that we're taking uh, good for our community? And then finally, um, let's ensure that we have business health because we can't do number one and number two if we're out of business. So we continually ask ourselves those three questions in the decisions that we've made. You are very um, face forward um, with employee, employee enrichment programs. Um, you know, and you have a, a lot of them on your site. Um, can you just go over what some of them are and why you feel they were so important um, that you have them out there? Sure. I mean, like I said, it's we have we're we're considered an essential business first and foremost, and there's a lot of responsibility that is associated with that, right? We have people who are on the front lines. I mean, are they nurses in the hospitals? No, they're not, but they're putting themselves at risk every single day. Uh, to um, they want to work. We've learned we learned that over time that people want to work. They want to continue to uh, maximize their livelihood. Uh, support their families, support support their um, their households, and we want to do it really safely. So, uh, firstly, we you know we started off with ensuring that no one even goes into our restaurant. Still to this day, our our dining rooms are one hundred percent closed. We we may experiment with opening a dining room in a, in our latest new restaurant that we're opening up uh, next week, but still to this day, all our dining rooms are closed to the public. And consumers can only come up to the door or window and either order on our uh, kiosk tablet um, via a protected um, plexi screen to an individual. But most of our transactions happen digitally and the food is ready for them uh, when they come up to our separate pickup windows. So once again, everything comes back to safety first. Uh, so then in terms of creating some programs to invest in our people, um, not only have we created employee enrichment programs, which are really twofold. One is the Starboard Educational Fund, where we will pay for up to $5,000 a year for any employee uh, who works for Starboard. Um, who, and they don't need to be studying restaurant management either. It's really the, the thought that education is the most helpful way to um, allow people to get ahead. And, um, and it helped them invest in themselves and their future. And we wanna be part of that. Um, both of my parents were teachers and I really value um, their belief in the educational process. It definitely served me. I mean, I was in public institutions, uh, public 
um, schools as a kid and a, and a UC public university and was really felt very lucky to have those opportunities. I want to contribute and we at Starboard want to help contribute to those opportunities for our team members. Um, and if they can have a good experience and know that Starboard contributed to their well-being, uh, we're, we're all um, winning. Um, our community's winning, our team members are winning, and that creates the kind of positive impact that we as a brand want to bring to the world. Uh, secondly, we've got a language learning program. Um, we're a firm believers that communication between individuals and talking to each other and understanding each other uh, is, is vital to building good relationships uh, and building a harmonious company and harmonious society. And so we have a language learning program that we offer to 100% of our staff members, no strings attached. They can do it on their own time. They can, if they're a, a native Spanish speaker and they wanna learn English, they can do it if they're speaking English and they wanna learn Spanish to better communicate with, with certain staff members or, or Mandarin. Um, those are all options. And just to be able to expand, to, to be able to learn more about other cultures, that really happens through language. So what do you look for in an employee? Oh, wow. That is a great question. Um, I think what we look for in, in an employee is, is someone who is, is, is trying to better themselves every day, right? And who's, who's not complacent, uh, who's curious, who um, obviously is hardworking and caring for their fellow teammates. We're, we're in situations now where we really have to take take care of each other with the, the dangers of COVID and the self-responsibility. Um, folks who, who want to, um, who are, you know, ultimately ambitious, right? That they want to do better in the future and be part of a company that cares for them and the community. So that, that folks who have shared values uh, with our company. So where do you see the brands growing at this point? We have a, a multi-tiered growth strategy right now uh, that will include uh, additional street side or brick and mortar restaurants. Uh, we're opening up a, a restaurant in Campbell, California. As I mentioned next week, we're opening one in Walnut Creek and we have several LOIs, letters of intent out on properties, both um, throughout the Bay Area and soon to be in the Los Angeles and Southern California area. Secondly, we'll be expanding our um, ghost kitchen or cloud kitchen footprint. Uh, we've partnered with Cloud Kitchens, uh, their group. Uh, we found them to be very forward thinking and have some great spots, technology and uh, team members who work for that company. So we own and operate, or I shouldn't say we don't own, we operate a Starbird in San Francisco, which is in a cloud kitchen. And then we'll be opening another one in Oakland uh, later this month. And then we're looking to open another or a third cloud kitchen in Southern California in the early spring of next year. We'll also continue to pursue licensing agreements. We have a licensing agreement at SFO. We partner with a, a group called Taste on the Fly, great partners. And uh, although the airports have been quite challenged and traffic challenged there, we're looking forward to uh, being open and running again soon. And we'll continue to pursue both licensing and the potential of uh, franchising in the near future too. What excites you about franchising? I, I think that franchising is exciting because we as a company to be able to grow uh, in, and build street side restaurants, it's very capital intensive, right? And so um, 
we like to think about how to be more asset light, right? First and foremost, and getting great franchise partners who are really good operators, right? I mean, at the Culinary Edge, we're, we're, we're really good at starting things. Um, and I've started numerous restaurant brands, uh, but there's a point in time where there are folks who are really um, experts at operations and scaling operations. And we wanna find the best partners uh, to be able to scale our operations. And so franchising is, is really the, the best way to be able to do that. So we've talked a lot about technology. And um, obviously this year, technology has helped restaurants survive. Um, so how crucial do you see that kind of intersection of hospitality and technology um, moving forward? How important do you think that's going to be? Technology to, to us is really about, ultimately, it's about convenience, first and foremost, and secondly, a way to allow for uh, a communication of our brand or what we do as a business through the means that people take in information best. So as people are utilizing digital media and digital means to access information and to connect with and utilize the businesses around them, technology is is tantamount to the future. That's going to just continue to grow. And so we continue to invest in technology. We love the thought of meeting our customer wherever they want to meet us, right? And some of them want to pick up our app and use that. And some people want to use their desktop computer. And some people want to pick up the phone. We've actually had to upgrade our phone systems because <laughs> during COVID, because some people just need to hear a voice right now to feel safe. Um, and other people, you know, it's a last minute decision. They want to walk up and talk to a person and look at a menu board. And, and, and so we want to utilize all the technologies that allow for the best potential way, best possible way that our guests can connect with us in a convenient fashion and seamless and as a, I would say frictionless way to engage in our brand and technology is critical to do that. So thinking as an entrepreneur, um, what advice would you give to someone who kind of sees your career as a kind of a role model? Um, you know, what a, about your journey um, would you offer as advice to someone? Well, I, I don't. I don't claim to to give advice, but I guess I could just share share some experiences. Um, the the experiences that have that have helped me along the way is uh, believe in yourself, invest in yourself, um, take risks, but not um, but ones that are somewhat educated or risks that involve processing a lot of data and information. Uh, figure out what you believe in. Uh, and be true to yourself and, and, and honest with those around you, um, even if it's something that uh, may not sit perfectly with everyone. Uh, that authenticity um, goes a long way. Um, and also, you know, just uh, be self-reflective. Acknowledge that we all have uh, uh, blind spots, that we all have things that we're working on, and continue every day to try and be a better person um, and don't accept the status quo or norm uh, for ourselves. So what, I guess, makes you feel excited um, about the future of the restaurant industry? 
Well, I, I believe the rest the restaurant industry is really a, a bastion of innovation and excitement and creativity and scrappiness and connectedness between people. And, and that's what gets me passionate about it. Um, I see cities in the downtown core, places like San Francisco, uh, that are, are just being, you know, destroyed from a business environment. But I my gut says that there's a lot of um, entrepreneurial people in our industry and creative chefs and restaurateurs who are going to create the next experiences of tomorrow that we don't even know it's coming yet. And I get really excited to think about how, um, you know, need creates innovation and hardship creates creativity and scrappiness. And I'm just excited to see um, the heart of the people in our industry creating the next great thing. Perfect. Thank you so much. This is amazing. Thank you, Barbara.